the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. The secular world in which we live today is all about self-gratification. There is nothing under the sun that is unimaginable for those who are driven by this kind of self-centeredness. God said we must lay aside everything that draws us into such depravity. Even though this type of living fails to fulfill, man continues to pursue it. God admonishes us to lay aside every weight and follow him. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander encourages us to rise from mediocrity to spiritual fulfillment as we follow Jesus Christ. (laughs) Problems. Problem in the church. Move. Problem on the job. Move. Problem with your in-law. Move. Problem with your children. Get out. Sometimes you want them to get out. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to try to help address this. Y'all listening right now, and I'm so glad you are, because I got a whole lot to say. How do you know when your season's over? I want to help you. Some of y'all right there right now, say you're about to make a mess. How do you know when your season is over? A, you know your season is over. When there is a lack of inner peace about remaining where you are, you don't have that peace, that inner peace about where you are. It's just no longer there. That's a sign. Uh, Secondly, when your passion is gone, gone, that job you had, man, you were just giving it all you got. (laughs) And all of a sudden, it's a struggle to stay there. That passion is gone. That career, it is, it's not what it was when you first started. That burning desire, that enthusiasm, that zeal, uh, it, it's, 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 it's not there. It's not there. How you know when your season's over? When God removes the desire to be there. You know, God moves us through our desires. Never forget at the previous church, I'm not calling a name. I gave that church four years and two months, and I thought I was going to be there 30 years. But in the process of time, things happened, and, uh, and I thought I was going to be there. But then what God did, he showed me, he lifted my desire to be there. And when he lifted my desire, I could not stay there another Sunday because I didn't want to be what God didn't call me to be. I called my children up, Randa, Andrea, they were just little tiny ones, Darlene. Come front. My desire, God just moved it because he was going to do a new thing with me in another kind of a way that I had no idea. And when I started over, I mean, I didn't have any money. You know, starting over don't make sense. You know, I didn't have any hospitalization. I didn't have any insurance. I didn't have, I didn't have any of that. I had to go back to, to my trade of teaching. And I tell every preacher, you got to, you got to do something else besides preach. 
Because when Randy said, I'm hungry, you know, that, boy didn't get, that man didn't get that size <laughs> on a cookie. <laughs> I had to feed. I had to. My wife went and she began to work. And then we did the church. We were bivocational, starting over. Had, had nothing. We had to get us a deputation and, and, and get us some supporters. We went back to our relatives and friends and, and said, will you support us for a year till we get back on our feet? We, we had nothing. We had to plant a garden. The garden had to grow. Every tree we had in our yard couldn't just be a pretty tree. It had to be a fruit tree. We had pear tree, peach tree, plum tree. I can't think of all those trees we had. Every tree had to bear some fruit. We had to start. People see where you are, but they don't know where you've been. And it's so quick to get jealous, but that was a process to get us where we are. He lifted my desire. And you know what? I'm so glad I moved and didn't miss my season because had I not moved, I wouldn't be looking at you right now. Had I not listened to God, we would, we would not be in, we'd still be in Houston. Uh, but, 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 but so, so my desire was lifted. Uh, how do you know when your season's over? Listen, when God begins to reveal signs that he is transitioning you in a new direction, when God begins to reveal signs that he's transitioning you in a new uh, direction, in other words, where you are, you're no longer productive. You're easily frustrated. You've reached your ceiling and you just can't even, you can't get to that next, you, 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 it's over. You, you reached the ceiling, you maxed out. You maxed out. Uh, how do you know when your season's over? When you have fulfilled your God-given purpose for that season for being where you are. You've done all you can do. You fulfilled the purpose. You left nothing undone. And you know it's time to move on. You know when it's time to move? It's when your circumstances dictate that it's time for you to move on. Sometimes health problems come. Sometimes it's issues with your parents. Some people have to go back home from, from whence they came and they, uh, they grew up. They have to go back home. Uh, things happen beyond your control. Uh, people die. Certain things, certain circumstances, uh, things begin to happen that's beyond your control and circumstances causes you to move. So so don't miss your season. Don't move before the season. Move in your season. Okay. Let me move on. Uh, Next, if you desire to achieve success in 2016, you cannot neglect the sacred ordinances that God has commanded for his church. If you expect to achieve greatness in 2016, you cannot neglect the sacred ordinances that God has commanded for his church. Once you've been genuinely born again, it is spiritually negligent not to give priority to believers' baptism by immersion and the Lord's Supper. Those are two sacred ordinances of the church that many are neglecting, And God holds you accountable and you are found wanting in the face of God. Now, I'm going to share some things that I haven't shared in a long time. This is a brand new congregation. So many new people have come. Why is baptism so important to believers in Christ? Why is baptism so important to believers in Christ? Eh? 
We're not baptized to be saved, but if we're genuinely saved, there should be an inward desire to be baptized as commanded in scripture. Baptism alone does not save you. It should follow a true, authentic, born again experience. If you are not saved before baptism, you only go into the water, a dry center, and you come out a wet center. Mark 16, 16 says, he who believes and is baptized. Now, that scripture is not teaching baptism regeneration. You know, a lot of people believe that you, when you get baptized, you get saved. No, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Look at the order. Believe, and because you believe, you follow in obedience with baptism. Huh? But he who does not believe will be condemned. Acts 2.41 says, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. You must receive his word, which means to believe his word and to act on his word. And because you believe and receive, you are baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000 in Acts. It is not baptism that saves a person. Jesus told a thief on the cross in Luke 23, 43 B. Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, Jesus didn't come off the cross and take the man off, uh, off the cross. And then let's go find some water. and Let's go get back on the cross. He did not do that. He said this day that thief circumstances uh, didn't permit him to get baptized. But because he believes sometimes There are people who will go to heaven apart from baptism because circumstances won't permit them to be baptized. Some people have a deathbed conversion. They get saved in the waning hours of their life. You say, well, they're not baptized. Yeah, yeah, they are. They'll say God knows the condition and he knows the circumstances. Are y'all hanging with me? Salvation is an inward Conversion of the heart through believing in Christ alone, which should be followed by believers baptism. Let me say that again. That's so big. Salvation is a what? Inward what? Conversion of the heart through believing in who alone? Jesus Christ, which should be followed by what? Believers baptism. Acts 8, 12. I want you to hang with me. You hang with me. Write all you can. Acts 8, 12. And then. 20, verses 26 through 39. Let's, let's look at verse 12. But when they believed Philip, look at that. You got to believe God. When they believed Philip, the message of Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of, of God and the name of Jesus. It was the name. Preaching is about the name of Jesus. If Jesus is not in the preaching, you need to get out the pulpit. Right. So so concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, both men and women were baptized. Salvation is not just for men. It's not just for women. It's for all who believe men, women and children. Thank God that all who believe can be saved. Matters not your ugliness of the ugliness of your past, your skeletons in the closet. The blood of Jesus is sufficient to wipe your slate clean and give you a new a new beginning so that you can start over. This is a start over message. Oh my God. Pastor Rander continues today's message with forthright language as led by the Holy Spirit. Through him, God reveals to us the things that keep us in secular bondage, addictions to pornography, gambling, social media, illegal drug use, prescription drug abuse, getting rather than giving. 
get-rich-quick schemes, and so much more that leads to the unthinkable crimes and depraved we regularly hear about through the news media. Our sovereign God can and will change things when we obediently walk by faith in Him and not by sight. Listen closely. And, and look, and then it says, and look, it says, uh, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, both men and women were baptized. Verse, now go down to verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Verse 27. So he arose and went and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of, of, of the Ethiopians who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. The spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot, Philip. So Philip ran. He's looking at obedience. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Wow, what an invitation. Then Philip opened his mouth. Look, and beginning at this scripture, preach Jesus to him. He didn't preach political correctness. He didn't preach a gospel of prosperity. Huh? Uh -uh. He didn't preach a gospel of entertainment. No, 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 no. He, no, no, no. He didn't, he didn't preach little poems and little sayings and little sermonettes that make Christianettes. He preached Jesus to the eunuch. Huh? Underline that. Verse 36. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, oh, see, 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 look, Philip, look, 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 here's some water. See, God had gotten a hold to him by then. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Let me ask you a question. How many of you believe Jesus with all your heart? I mean, all the demons in hell can't make you disown your Jesus. He believed Jesus with all his heart. He said, he said if, if you believe Jesus with all your heart, you may. And look, look, look how the eunuch responds. And he, he answered and said, oh, I love this. I just underlined it. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not anything else. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. And my friends, that's what we must believe today. We must believe without a doubt that Jesus is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to say, whoa, 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 stop. (laughs) Stop. Stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized the eunuch. Now, when they came up out of the water, see, baptism is by immersion. Up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord called Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. He was just raptured out of, out of the way and God relocated him and he went on his way rejoicing. Let me tell you something else about baptism. This is a baptism lesson. Baptism is so important that Jesus himself was baptized. 
Now, if Jesus himself was baptized, how come some of you believe Jesus and you haven't been baptized? Huh? Matthew chapter three, verses 13 through 17 says, then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized, uh, to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. Look at the humility of John. And, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came. Look, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Look, he came what up from. That's not a sprinkle. OK, not a sprinkle. He can't. He, and, and, look, look, to come up out of the water means you have to implies that you had to what? Yeah, look at that. Dead to sin, alive to Christ. It wasn't no little drops. And be, look how quiet y'all getting now. And behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We see the Trinity here, the doctrine of the Trinity. We see, we see Jesus going under the water. We see the Holy Spirit lighting on Jesus, anointing him, confirming that he's the Son of God. And the voice from heaven is God the Father saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I well pleased. We see the Trinity at work. God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the triune Godhead and in the baptism of Jesus as Jesus is launched into his ministry. You know why baptism is so important? Baptism is included. It is so important that it is included in the Great Commission by Jesus himself. It is included in the Great Commission by Jesus himself. Matthew 28, 19 says, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of what? The father of who? The son and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost are words that are interchangeable. It's part of the Great Commission. Uh, why, is, why is baptism so important? Baptism is a picture of our Lord's death, burial and resurrection. It is a picture of our Lord's death, burial, and resurrection, and is a public declaration of the believer's identification with Christ and his church. Let me say that again, because I know you're writing. Baptism is a what? Picture of our Lord's death, of our Lord's burial, of our Lord's resurrection, and it is a public declaration of the believer's identification with Christ and his church. You want to see where? Uh, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Romans 6, 3 and 4 says, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus was baptized into his death? Therefore, we were baptized with him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, even so we look, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. My friends, baptism is a picture, say picture. Baptism is a picture of the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and is an outward expression of an inward reality. Okay, get it. Baptism is a picture of the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and is an outward expression of an inward reality. After believers baptism, that person is accountable to the Lord and the church for his commitment and his lifestyle. In other words, you can't come and say, I'm a believer, and you're going to live hellish in the house of God. We have the authority to, to correct you. We have, we have a, the authority, according to the church, to send you through a disciplinary process. 
We're not going to let you be a homemonger and stay in here. Look how quiet it's getting. You're not going to be a sugar daddy playing with somebody else's wife. You leave my wife alone and I'll leave yours alone. Let's, let, let's make a deal. <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. Now, we'll let you come in any kind of way. You say, <laughs> any kind of way? Yeah. Whoso will, let him come. You're homosexual, gay, you can come. You're a liar, you can come. You're a gossip, you can come. You're a thief, you can come. Y'all hold your pocketbooks now. Okay, <laughs> you can come. <laughs> I can't call the list. It's, it's just a long list. And all the other things. You can come. You can come. They'll take you at Metropolitan Hospital, Methodist Hospital. They come in all conditions. But they, the goal is not to keep them there. They perform surgery on them, get them made whole, and then roll them out. Here, we let you come in your condition. And then we'll introduce the plan of salvation to you, see you get saved. We nurture you, build you up in the faith. We don't roll you out. We keep you in unless you become hard-headed and won't conform to the authority of Scripture. Then we have the authority to put you out. That's right. You say, where is that? In Matthew 18. It's in the scripture. That part is in the Bible. If you haven't torn it out, you go back to <laughs> Y'all going to turn. Don't turn that now. Turn when you get home. <laughs> that's, that, that's one thing. When the church gets so big, the, the, the question becomes, how do you deal with church discipline? Because these, these folk are coming to church in all kinds of di- conditions, doing everything. They come to church, think a little dab will do it. They, they, I mean, they, they live a hellish life. And they come on Sunday morning and add a little dab of religion to it and then think they're all right with God. Doesn't work that way. Now, you know what? Some of y'all are going to choke on this message. And you ain't going to ever come back. But that's all right for everyone that leaves. God will send 15 more to take your seat. Only the truth of God's word will set you free. Your blood is not going to be on my hands. I'm going to preach the truth. And then you're responsible for, for, for what you do with that truth. Are, y- are y'all hanging with me? I want to say something else about uh, baptism. Refuse, listen to this, refuse to question a judge, refuse to question or judge adults who possess an inward desire to be rebaptized through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you are adults, and I pray this happens right here in this service. I mean, when you first came to Christ, you, you, you came, but you didn't quite know it was fuzzy. And you didn't quite understand or whatever the reason was. And you have a prompting, an inner prompting to be baptized. Maybe you're a deacon. Maybe you've been singing in the choir. Maybe you're on a media ministry. Maybe you're in a nurse. Maybe you're a teacher. Who cares what folk think? By the way, do you know I've been rebaptized? I was rebaptized in the Jordan River. Over in Israel, I was rebaptized. I mean, I just wanted to reaffirm the commitment that I already had in my heart. And I wasn't ashamed to be rebaptized. It's nothing wrong. Don't let anybody judge. And y'all stop. Why she coming? She been in church all that time and here she come. Being ba- she, she knows she don't have to do all. Shut up. Who made you the judge? You are not their God. And you don't know what's going on in that person's heart. 
refuse to question or judge adults who possess an inward desire to be rebaptized through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Some saints were not sure they were genuinely saved when they were first baptized. But now that they know without a doubt that they have a genuine relationship with the Lord, they have an inward desire to be baptized now as a confirmation of their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, let me deal with children for just a moment. Refuse to hinder young children from receiving Christ because they are young. Did you hear what I just said? Refuse to hinder young children from receiving Christ just because they're young. Clearly share the gospel with them. And if they respond in simple childlike faith, let them come. They don't know what they're doing. They don't. Well, listen, they don't have to know it all. You, you old as I don't know what, and you still don't know it all. Matthew 19, 14 says, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of heaven. If you restrain a child who is being prompted to respond to Christ and desires to be baptized, listen to this closely. You may be denying that child their only opportunity to receive Christ. Tomorrow is not promised, not even to a child. Not even to a child. Okay? Now, let's transition. We cannot expect success, blessings, or favor from God while dishonoring him by not assembling ourselves together for the partaking of the Lord's Supper. Okay? We cannot, don't expect success while you're being negligent with the Lord's Supper. You won't even assemble yourself. You say, why can't we take it in the morning? Yeah, we can take it in the morning, but how come you can't come once a month and take it in the evening? You go to parties in the evening. You go to football games in the evening. You work on a job off times in the evening. Huh? Some of y'all playing around in the evening. What's wrong with evening? God doesn't take naps in the evening. It's not convenient. Who cares? About your convenience. Matter of fact, we ought to be having night service every Sunday night. All this hell going on with all this and all this. Listen, the church ought to be, doors ought to be open day and night and, and through the week. The Word of God tells us that there is no salvation in any other or anything except Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. We can and many do live victoriously through obedient faith in our Lord and Savior. In him alone, we are redeemed and forgiven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.